College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we're live. We're just going to let the stream breathe just for a second, make sure everything is good. All right, welcome in everybody to the Huddle Up! Podcast on time. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. Wearing matching hats. That's how you know these are two football priests sharing a brain. Men of the football cloth. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, what's good, dude? How you doing tonight, bro? I'm doing well. We had a lot of news come out today, Chad. And now, as free agency is kind of creeping closer now, we're getting the rumors that come out. And personally, this is my favorite time of the year, regular season included. The rumor mill is popping right now. All the different scenarios, all the different speculation. It's so fun to dig into, not even just as a writer or reporter, just as a fan of the NFL. This is my favorite time. Agreed. And Kyle Heckman, dude, jumping in with both feet. We're going to grab this wow, insanely impressive super chat that blows us away, dude. As as I say this, I'm completely stunned. We're going to grab it. I promise, Kyle. We just got to get through this uh, the intro aspect of the podcast because you're touching on a topic we plan on really letting our hair down on today. First, guys, just really quick, and then we're going to grab you, Kyle, is you got to make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod, and then also make sure you're following Mile High Huddle on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle. Both ways are how you keep your finger on the pulse of not only what's happening with the show in real time, but also what's happening with your Denver Broncos in real time. And then head on over to HuddleUpPod.com, not HuddleUpPodcast.com, HuddleUpPod.com. Get yourself one of these hats so you can match Zach and myself and all of our awesome listeners who have been buying those hats. It, I mean, it's probably the number one thing I would think, Zach, probably the, of what our listeners have hit the merch store, that the hoodie and the white tee. But we're we're adding products as we go. We're working with a designer to help us kind of add stuff to it. So we'll continue to grow the merch store as long as you guys continue to use it. As long as you guys find, have a utility for it, we're going to keep adding new options and products to it. So take care of that. We'll put the, the link in the comment stream later on in the show. And uh, so take care of that. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world. 
but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's grab Kyle, and then we can get to this as the first piece of news here. Kyle jumping in with both feet flexing like a beast on Super Chat. Wow. Thank you so much, Kyle. $150 donation. That is unbelievable. Thank you. Kyle, we love you. Sincerely, thank you. Make sure you reach out to us on uh, Mm -hmm. at milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let us send you a small thank you for your support. means the world to us. He says, instead of Kenyon or Melvin Gordon, why not go after an RFA and Austin Eckler? He'd be cheaper than the other running backs. He also can run well and, more importantly, can catch well. Would compliment Philip Lindsay. Added bonus, also a Colorado boy. Seems ideal to me. Now, what Kyle's speaking to here is we received a little piece. I would say it's more rumor mill. Even though it came from Mike Kliss, it's kind of more of a rumor type report. It is a report technically, but it consider it rumor mill caliber that the Broncos are looking for a, they're kicking the tires using his verbiage on starter type running backs that they, that they can bring in to not just complement Philip Lindsay, a starter type. In other words, they want a one A and a one B, you know, double headed monster, whatever rush running back situation. He listed Cliss, uh, who did list Derek Henry as an option. Now, even though it seems like the Titans are going to be tagging him, Zach, Melvin Gordon was one of them, Kenyon Drake, and I think Jordan Howard as the top four. And what Kyle's saying here is throw that to the side. Let's go after Austin Eckler on a, you know, even if, I don't know if if the Chargers have tagged him yet, or I should say tendered him yet, depending on what level they tender him at would obviously dictate whether or not the Broncos made a serious approach. 
Well, I mean, if they let go of Melvin Gordon, they need a starting running back. So I'd be surprised if he didn't get a first-round tender. That means the Broncos would have to give up a first-round pick to sign him on top of his contract. And as much as I, as I like Eckler's game, Chad, I am not ready to invest that premium of draft capital for a running back when they can go out and get one for in the middle rounds for a lot less who can play and come in and catch passes for him. Eckler is a little too similar to Phillip Lindsay. They're both kind of scat-back types, not wor- – Oh, you know, big workhorse type running backs in the NFL, not Royce Freeman types, but they have kind of the same similarities. Eckler's a little better as a pass catcher, but you can find that guy in the draft. You don't have to kick a first or second round pick on top of paying a contract for Eckler services. I like him. I, I, I'm i not a big fan of veteran running backs on the open market this year. I'd rather draft one, but I don't see it happening with Eckler coming to Denver. I mean, it would be a great story. Two Colorado kids basically making hay with the Denver Broncos, but you got to focus on what the Broncos can control. And they can't control what the Chargers choose to do with a restricted free agent. So, you know, it's it's interesting to spitball and talk about. I mean, in a perfect world, you want all the great players, right? But And Austin Eckler, he sure has he, – he ended up outshining Melvin Gordon toward the end there of Gordon's tenure with the Chargers. But – I tweeted about this earlier today, Zach, this rumblings. I don't know if it's smoke, if it's, you know, it is the rumor period as you were talking about leading up to free agency where smoke screens are happening. And I don't know if this is the Broncos trying to, you know, camouflage their intentions in the draft because we know they met with several top running backs. I don't know what it is, but it irritates me because you're sending mixed signals in terms of you, you dial it back to the end of season press conference, Zach. And John Elway is asked in that presser, Hey, would you consider giving Philip Lindsay? Are you considering giving Philip Lindsay an early extension? He actually said, Yeah, we're going to look at that. Now, he didn't promise it's going to happen, but why would you, if you love Philip Lindsay that much, why would you bring in Derrick Henry? Not to, I mean, Derrick Henry is one of the top five backs in the league. He's a beast, even though the Broncos shut him down for what it's worth when, when they played the Titans earlier this year or last year, I should say. But still, I don't like what it. Are you all in on Philip Lindsay or not as the guy? Because again, I understand you got to hedge against worst case scenarios, Zach. He's five foot eight. He's 190 pounds. I get that. But he's also one of only four running backs in team history to produce back to back thousand yard rushing seasons. That's no mean feat. I mean, think of all the accomplishments and the big plays CJ Anderson was the impetus for during his career and tenure in Denver. He never produced back to back thousand yard seasons. He only had one thousand yard season, in fact, Zach. So, Anyway, it just to me, I, I, I interpret this one, to be honest with you, as more of a smoke signal, just trying to muddy the water a little bit to allow them to move a little bit more freely to whatever their ultimate objective might be. I could see that. And when you were talking, what was processing through my mind was kind of a leverage play on Elway's part, because the latest thing that he said about Lindsay's extension is that he was, he was non-committal about it, Chad. He wouldn't commit one way or the other, signing him or waiting. It doesn't seem like he's raring to go and, and, and plunk down big big bucks on Philip Lindsay right now. So to show interest in an Eckler type or a Derek Henry type or someone like that, to me, it's very much a power play. It's showing that, listen, there's other options out there we can, we can explore at a house. We're not going to maybe go all in on you. And it's just the public-facing message he wants to send. The same thing he's doing with Justin Simmons is extending that and and not being committal and not locking him down and exploring the franchise tag. It's just how John Elway operates. And I'm sure coming from Cliss, who's the mouthpiece of Elway, there's some veracity behind it. I just still don't think Eckler or Derrick Henry or Kenyon Drake is the answer, nor are they coming to Denver. This is still Philip Lindsay's show, and they went out and got a, an offensive coordinator, an offensive coaching staff who can maximize his production. So I still think he's the main focus here, but I just think it's Elway being Elway and always leveraging the situation as best he can.
Buana, hit me up on uh, social or hit me up on Gmail. I'll take care of you, dog. All right. I agree with you, dude. It's it's weird. And we got one here also from Mach- uh, Machiavelli the Goat, one of our Super Chat superstars. Thank bringing you. up another piece of news of the day. Cecil Lammy, friend of the show of 104.3 The Fan, says he is super excited because he believes Elway will go all out in free agency and the draft. Do we agree? I think this is one of those situations, Zach, where, you know, by the time it's all said and done, by the time the Broncos get to free agency, they're going to have $80 million in cap space in all likelihood because they're going to move on from Joe Flacco. You got $80 million. You're talking about a team who hasn't made the playoffs in four years. You bet your A-double-S that they're <laughs> going to spend, dude. They're going to – it's guns out, let's go. And then when it comes draft time, I think you're going to see them – you know, I don't know about being crazy like moving up and down the board, but Henry Ruggs is a guy it sounds like they are goo goo gaga over. So, yeah, it's all about the Broncos really using this as the, you know, the finishing touches on the rebuild that they have been orchestrating over the last, I mean, you could argue since Super Bowl 50, but really since that 2018 draft class featuring Bradley Chubb, Cortland Sutton, and, you know, getting Drew Locke in the middle. And Court, or right. uh, Noah Fant, and also Dalton Reisner, and we'll see what happens with Draymond Jones. That helps, and another great offseason of both free agency and the draft. You can't whiff on any injured guys in free agency. That could be what gets the Broncos back over the top and into really competing once again in the AFC West. We've kind of touched on it, that Elway is in new territory here. He, during his reign as GM, he's either had a franchise quarterback or had cap money to burn. He's never really had both, Chad. And this offseason, he's functioning by having the young franchise quarterback in place and upwards of $80 million in salary cap room. They can get anyone they want on the open market. They can get a few high-priced tier one free agents, including Byron Jones, a guy who I expect the Broncos to be all in for, meaning his asking price. This is the year they spend. This is the year that they reload is complete. Now they have the franchise quarterback. They're going to invest those free agent dollars or those cap dollars in free agency, building up that defense, using the offense in the draft, and go out and win some ball games in 2020. So yes, I expect Elway to be aggressive and more like that 2014 Elway we saw that we always talk about. Shot all the moves he made that offseason. That's going to be this year. Maybe not with trades, but just in terms of signing and plucking down those big contracts, he is able to. And the Broncos are a little closer now than they were a few years ago for being a couple players away for being contenders. It's exciting, man, especially when you think about what the Broncos achieved in the offseason of 2014 with less than half the cap space they're projected to have this year. So it's going to get really exciting, and we're looking forward to covering it. We're only a couple weeks away, for what it's worth, from free agency kicking off. Big Daddy Kane jumps in on Super Chat, one of our superstars, longtime listener of the show. Good to see you, sir. $15 donation. We appreciate you, Big Daddy. Thank you. He says, what's up, my football priest? Crazy hours at work, but I always catch your guys' podcast the following day. It'd be cool to me. It'd be cool to meet you guys in Vegas for the draft. It's happening. We're going. I've already contacted um, the MGM. We're getting it set up. So if you're in Vegas, if you plan on being in Vegas for the draft, details will follow. We don't have all the exact details ironed out quite yet, but it's in the works. We're getting it ironed out. Like Zach and I have said before, worst case scenario, you know, we send out a tweet. We do a live. We're saying here's where we're gonna be. Come meet us up, but we're hoping maybe we can get a room to ourselves. We'll see how it works out. Not a hotel room, but like a conference room or something mm-hmm. where we can all hang out and and, and have a, a meet and greet and chill and talk football, watch the draft unfold and see how it shakes out. So Big Daddy Kane, if you are in Vegas, we'll be we'll look forward to meeting you down there, buddy. Um 
Zach, another thing I wanted to touch on here as we inch through here is Machiavelli brought up Cecil Lammy, of course. Another thing Cecil Lammy talked about coming out of the combine today in his uh, Monday column is the general optimistic feeling he has that when you look at the Broncos' big three, and we don't include Justin Simmons because he's going to get franchise tech. When we say the big three, Chris Harris, Shelby Harris, Derek Wolf, he feels optimistic based on what he was hearing at the combine that the Broncos are going to be able to get two of those three back possibly. And he thinks it'll be Chris and Derek Wolf. Then you get the fly in the ointment, Zach, that, uh, gosh, who was it that reported? I'll see if I can find it here. What's his name? Uh, Calvin Watkins Mm -hmm. reports that the Harris camp met with at least 24 teams at the combine, which to me, you're talking about 75% of the league. Maybe, I I don't know, passing interest, touching base. I don't know. Troy Rank kind of narrowed it down a little bit more in terms of the teams that he has gathered are the most interested in Harris. But it seems like Zach Harris's market is just exploding right now. I mean, if someone like James Bradbury is going to get about $15 million, Chad, what is Chris Harris Jr., a former All-Pro, looking at? He's going to definitely surpass, I think, the 13 that he wanted last year that he turned down from the Broncos reportedly. He's going to get baseline 14 mil, maybe in the, even the $15 million range. I wouldn't rule it out, but if they go all in on Byron Jones for 16, how could you plunk down money on, on Chris Harris Jr. as well? To me, it comes down to Derek Wolf and Byron Jones versus Derek Wolf and Chris Harris Jr. I take that combination first and foremost, but he's going to have a big market. The Cowboys were mentioned as a team that was interested in them, and it'd be funny if they ended up uh, swapping cornerbacks initially. You know, two of my universes colliding, and it'd just be uh, wild. Yeah, I explored on Spot Track what they have as Chris Harris Jr.'s value on the open market, and it's surprisingly low. It's about what the Broncos viewed it as as of the trade deadline last fall, which is just shy of twelve million. It's eleven yeah. and change. He'll get more. He's, he's going to get more than that. Like. It makes me kind of question spot tracks. I don't know their their due diligence on how they factor these projections in terms of you know what what a free agent is projected to command. But yeah, basically what this means, guys, is if the Broncos want a, I mean, if they envision Chris Harris as being a part of this thing, turning the ship around, being a piece in Fangio's defense for the next two to three years, it has to get done before he hits free agency. Yes. If, if they don't make him an uh, too good to, to to refuse offer between now and March 16th, he's gone. He's in the wind. Trust me, he's going to be gone, dude. That that market is enormous. I just think unless it comes in as a, a record resetting or a market resetting offer, Chad, unless it's in the $15 million range, he's going to say, listen, I want to explore my opportunities out there. I want to see if I can sign with another team. And if that report is correct, even if that report is – Half of that, if it's 12 teams, that's still enough to get a big-time offer. He's going to blow way past $12 million, Shad. He'll probably be in the $14, $15 million range when it's all said and done. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. What's up, 12 on YouTube wants to know. He says, how do you guys feel about the Broncos playing the Falcons in London next season? So that's another piece of news that broke over the weekend is that the Broncos, it's expected to be official this week, according to, I believe it was Troy Rank who reported this, that the Broncos are, of course, going to travel to uh, the United Kingdom, London, to take on the Atlanta Falcons. And the way it's setting up, if it goes the way Fangio wants it to go, is the Broncos will play one of their East Coast games, and they just won't come home. They'll jump from the East Coast, cross the pond to London, and take on the Falcons. I'm not crazy about it, to be honest with you. I don't. I know we have a lot of listeners in Europe, and it's not. It's nothing against the fans that are in Europe and the United Kingdom. It's just that I think it taxes the teams that are asked to do that unfairly yeah. from a competitive perspective. You're putting them behind the eight ball a little bit because you got jet lag there. You got jet lag back. Like. I don't know. I'm just not a huge fan of playing on that, you know, crossing the ocean. Mexico City, and even if they started Zach having games in Canada, keeping right. it in North America where you're not putting as much of an onus on those teams to jump in a plane and go spend a week in the air, basically. I, I'm right there with you on that. It's it's a money ploy by the NFL bringing the the you know the sport to London where it's not really that popular. The only thing is it'd be a Broncos road game, so and it, they wouldn't be losing a home game in a sense. And I I like that aspect. Also, I believe it's a rule where the teams that play in London the next week is a bye week for the Broncos or for the team that plays, so they would okay. have their bye right after that. And I just hope it's not too early in the year though. I hope it's sometime in the middle, week eight, week nine, not week four, or week five. I just if they have to go to London, I prefer it's it's, it's structured that way. Yeah, if they end up coming home on a bye, then it mitigates. Yeah, that's true. It would mitigate the sting quite a bit. So, you know, hey, look forward to it. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, in fact, a state of being. And you guys, when the Broncos come, show out and support the cause and get out there and help that help them feel like it's a home game. Hunter uh, jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Hunter. Thank you, Hunter. He says, what's up, guys? I patiently await this orange hat up on the site. Hope you guys are doing good. Keep up the great work. That's my bad, Hunter. I promised you we'd get it up over the weekend, and uh, I spaced it. That's that's my bad. I'll uh, take a look at that. One of the reasons why it has not been just an immediate, yep, let's get it up there, is the last I looked, the fulfillment service we're using for the merch didn't have an orange, like this is blue, you know, Bronco, navy blue, whatever color, they didn't have this color in orange. So I'm going to have to do a little bit more research, figure it out. But 
uh, I promise you we'll 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 uh, get it done here eventually. Jacob jumps in on YouTube. He wants to know will the Broncos sign Amari Cooper? Zach, I'll let you handle that. I don't think so. I don't think he's leaving Dallas. I think he'll get the long-term deal there, and Dak Prescott will be franchise tag. But even if he did hit the open market, he's not what the Broncos need. He's going to get too much money, and it's not happening. Stu, the super chat superstar, the OG. He never misses a podcast. And when he – I mean, here and there in terms of missing a podcast, I mean, everyone's got things to do. Like he just traveled to Chicago like last week or whatever it was. But whenever Stu is on the podcast – He's flexing on Super Chat, and we love you, Stu. You're, you are the man. Um, Josh on Facebook. We don't want to neglect our Facebook listeners. He says, what's up, guys? Washington State, mile high here. That's awesome. What do you guys think? Uh, what you guys think about our big board looks like based on value and Broncos needs? I don't know. You know, That's something, Josh, that is so zealously guarded by te- NFL teams that even the most plugged in – insiders the league over they're not given access to that information it's it's just top secret state secret caliber information however we can suss out some players we know that are high on the board and zach i'm telling you everything i'm hearing is that the broncos are goo goo gaga over henry ruggs it wouldn't shock me if there was a trade-up again i'm not advocating for wide receiver in the first round you guys all know my position on that but if you get henry ruggs how can you cry about that, right? So, right. I mean, it'd be it'd be phenomenal to see him teamed up with Cortland Sutton in Noah Fant and Philip Lindsay, and we'll see what else they do with Drew Locke. Yeah, Chad, you nailed it. The Broncos guard their big board even more than most other teams, so it's definitely a secretive process, and they don't even know who they want to pick until they get on the clock and see what players are left and how they maneuver in that round. I will say, though, considering the players they worked out at the Combine, wide receiver is a major, major priority. I would expect them to take one within the first two rounds, if not the first round, like Chad just mentioned. Wide receiver and offensive lineman, that's going to be a top their big board positional-wise. Dylan jumps in on Super Chat. A longtime listener of the show and Thank one of our Dylan. superstars. Appreciate your donation. Ten bucks. Appreciate that, Dylan. It says any hot takes for the draft or free agency? Um, hot takes. I mean, we already kind of touched on this, Zach, but I think Broncos country really needs to buckle up because I think you're gonna see John Elway slinging it. Slinging, I mean, again, you've missed the playoffs four years in a row now. You got $80 million in cap space, or you're going to end up with it in all likelihood, at least $70 million, even if we'll see what happens with Flacco. But $70 million bare minimum. This is a GM, I think, that's going to come out blazing, guns hot. And I think you're going to see a significant involvement of you know this time around. Not that Fangio didn't have any input last year, Zach, but Fangio with a year under his belt, the Broncos trust his opinions even more. He's, from what I've been told, a lot more involved in the personnel side this time around they're listening to him more his his input and his opinions are factored in a lot higher this time around so it's going to be really fun as far as a hot take i mean i think we touch on it quite a bit we talk a lot about free agency we talk a lot about the draft my hot take is i think you're going to see the denver broncos not only bring back justin simmons that's a guarantee but you're going to see the broncos get byron jones and chris harris jr yeah, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I'm going to say the Broncos make Byron Jones the richest cornerback in NFL history. And they showed last year, they're not averse to that. They made Juwan James the richest right tackle in history at that time. I also feel, I don't know the exact player who they would be targeting, but I feel a big Broncos trade is brewing, maybe for a lineman, maybe for Trent Williams type, maybe for a guard. But I feel like something is brewing there, maybe as a center replacement for McGovern. Elway is going to be so active over the next 
what is it, six weeks or so between that free agency and the draft. A lot of new additions, a lot of players outgoing, but my, I guess my hottest take would be Byron Jones will be the richest corner in league history by the Broncos. All right, this one is over on Periscope. We can't neglect our Periscope viewers. T-Bone 10 underscore Taylor says, what could we get if we take on David Johnson's contract? I like DJ. He's a good pass catcher. Mm -hmm. You know, I was at the Senior Bowl in 2015 when he was there coming out of, what was it, Northern Iowa, I think. And he was just, he just popped off the field. Anyone watching, you could just tell that dude had it. He's just had such unfortunate luck in the injury department. It's really kind of sapped just over the years. I'm not talking about necessarily anything super recent, but that's it's affected his his uh, momentum. I like the idea, but we'd have to do some research to see what he's on uh, on the books for with the Cardinals. Or is he, he's not a free agent this year, right? No, nah, he's under contract. Yeah. So what could we get if we take on David Johnson's contract? You'd get a really good running back that can do everything you need him to do, but I don't think the Cardinals are doing that. Maybe I'm alone in this, but I don't really want David Johnson. You'd be kicking a, a, a draft pick for a 28-year-old running back who has a ton of mileage, and he's he can go down at any moment's notice. He can miss time. He's missed various games with you know severe injuries. I don't want that for the Broncos' backfield. I want a young, explosive pass catcher who can work in tandem with Phillip Lindsay, not someone like David Johnson who doesn't really have much tread left. So I'm not in favor of any veteran running back coming in. I'm not in favor of picking up his contract, kicking a draft pick for him just go draft the guy in the middle rounds and let him go to work at philip Lindsay and let them grow together as young nucleus pieces for this offense stop the presses on this issue it's a moot point Ten, his base salary in 2020 alone is 10.2 million his cap number is a redonkulous 14.1 million no thank you i mean solid player don't get me wrong very talented i've seen him with my own eyes i've talked to him before but for that price nah and he's just reaching that point where you're get you're going to begin to get diminishing returns. Right. And Thomas Hall had a great analytical uh, article on this over the weekend. I encourage each and every one of our listeners to go to milehighhuddle.com right now and find the article in which he basically lays out the correlation between age and the second contract and that players get in the NFL. Like teams really, it's buyer beware on paying any running back on the second contract, especially at a certain age and. I just I say you stay away from that. So, um, Buona Beast, we didn't run it in February this time, um, but we didn't necessarily say we weren't right, Zach. We didn't stop right. saying we didn't say, hey guys, we're kind of going away from the Apple Podcast thing. We mentioned it once or twice to go leave a review, but maybe we do need to do that. We'll uh, we'll we'll circle back and look and see who yeah. who chipped in on Apple Podcasts. And by the way, speaking of Apple Podcasts. We flexed a little bit on Twitter today. Some of you guys probably saw this. It came as news to us. We didn't realize this. We don't pay super close attention to what's happening on Apple Podcasts, but you know, there's over 11,000 people listening to the show every day on our Apple Podcasts, on our RSS feed. And you guys are listening live. You're watching on YouTube. You're watching on Facebook. You're watching on Periscope. But people, after the fact, as you've seen a few comments here, and we featured one or two on the, on the screen here, people listen after the fact as a downloadable podcast, right? Our podcast in the United States is the 74th biggest podcast amongst football in the United States. That's NFL, that's college. And we're just a team podcast, right? We're not, I mean, yeah, we cover the draft especially Nick and Carl and Eric and Lance. They do a great job with that, but this is a team oriented podcast. This isn't like move the sticks where they're talking about all 32 teams and it's a big tent. Broncos country is a big tent. Don't get me wrong, 
but like we're one team and it just it just made Zach and I smile ear to ear and including billing the Broncos including Dove Valley Deep Divers to see that our podcast is in the top 100 on Apple Podcasts for football in the United States and that's thanks to you guys Credit to every single one of you chat just took the words out of my mouth. We thank each and every listener, each and every commenter, every comment. We appreciate every donation. We love talking with you guys. And it's it's just it's your platform that we're lucky and honored to be part of. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. BNS says, did you guys catch Antonio Gibson, the wide receiver, running back, you know, slash offensive weapon out of Memphis? 6'1", 225, ran a 439, and nobody is talking about this guy. Nobody is a little bit of an exaggeration, my friend. Eric Trickle's been on that bandwagon for a while now. So what I would do is, and this is some news for Dove Valley Deep Divers listeners, They've been doing their show Friday nights at 5.30. That's going to continue, Mountain Time, 5.30. They're also going to do their show. They're going to have two episodes a week. They wanted to do Saturday as well with so much to talk about with the draft. So a lot of these draft questions, save it for building the Broncos, save it for Dove Valley Deep Divers, and talk to Eric about Antonio Gibson. But I know he's one guy that has been on Eric's radar for a while, and there will be some finding Broncos coming out here soon. He's already started to submit them to me, which are individual scouting reports on each prospect. You know, we try to keep it to top 100 caliber prospects, but it's pros, it's cons, it's how they fit, any issues off the field, any uh, where they're projected to go in the draft. I'm, I'm missing a few things. But anyway, those individual scouting reports, which he has made famous, he started them on the site back in 2014. Those are going to begin to come out actually this week. And I'm sure he's got one cooking for Antonio Gibson as well. But Zach, when you see six foot one and he's 225 and he's running 439, that is impressive. 
Yeah, you can't really ignore that, and I'm sure NFL teams around the league are taking notice of his of his uh, his status right now, and his stock is going way up. So if the Broncos won, they're probably going to have to invest, you know, a mid round to high round pick for him. Awesome, one eleven oh two Broncos. I always stumble on your name, Doc. He says, "Do you guys think the Broncos are going to sign Joe Thune since Ron Larry's gone, and we also signed Byron Jones? Do you guys think that we would be those would be two good signings?" Yeah, the word on the street, Zach. And this was according to Benjamin Albright today on Twitter. He made this public knowledge. The Broncos love Elijah Wilkinson at right guard this year. So there's your starting right guard. And Mike Munchak is a huge fan. The word on the street, I can't recall now if it was Cliss or um, I think it was Cliss broke the news that the Broncos plan on tendering him at the second round level as a restricted free agent, which is going to pay him upwards of $3.2 million this year for, for 2020. They are going to wait before they officially put in the tender, though, Zach, because they do want to see what they might be able to get done in the market there. Joe Thune's an option, but it sounds like to me, Zach, they're going with, they're probably going to roll with Elijah Wilkinson at right guard in 2020. So, and the silver lining before I serve this over, struggled as a tackle. But if you go back to 2018, when he started those seven games after Matt Paradis got hurt and they, cook, they kicked Connor McGovern to center and then plugged him in at right guard. That's when Philip Lindsay went to the next level. There, there, there was a correlation there. I'm a lot more amenable to the idea of him playing inside Zach than than outside, where his slow feet and lack of athleticism gets him in trouble. Yeah, he has no future at tackle, but I just don't know about him as a full-time guard for 16 games when you have a franchise quarterback in Drew Locke starting for the first time of his first regular season. And then you have Juwan James at right tackle, and then maybe a new center next to him as well if McGovern leaves. I just don't like leaving it to Wilkinson's hands. Great backup to have, great swing guy to have, great player to have on your team, but I would still prefer the Broncos to look out of house to sign uh, Leary's replacement or McGovern's replacement. I would love Joe Thune, but I believe the Dolphins are interested in him as well. They're going to be active this offseason. He's going to get, um, if not record-setting money for his position, it's going to come near. I don't know if the Broncos want to plunk down that much for someone of his caliber. Buono wants to know, are we still getting a live pod on draft day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. And especially Zach and I are going to be together, so you can face-to-face, so you can count on us doing a lot with the pod, going live, reactions, conversations involving you guys. We're going to go crazy, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. And that's going to be uh, April, basically 23rd through the 25th. We're going to be in Vegas setting up shop, trying not to get into too much trouble. (laughs) Carson jumps in on Super Chat. Thanks, buddy, with a $5 donation. Thank you. I know we still have a lot of cap space, but should we still try to restructure Vaughn's contract? 58 might be up for it if it means they bring back 25. That's a fair point. We've – We've kicked around that as a possibility in previous podcasts, but I think the Broncos are going to let that sleeping dog lie in 2020, and they're going to hope that 2019 was an anomaly and that Vaughn, once you get Bradley Chubb back and having a year in in, uh, Vic's defense under his belt, that he gets back to being the game-wrecking, game-impacting Vaughn of old instead of the 2019 version that didn't affect the game, especially in crucial moments. He just disappeared. 
Yeah, I don't think they, they come to Vaughn for that. They're not going to really ruffle feathers in that camp. And uh, if they took $3 million from Vaughn and gave it to Chris Harris Jr., I'm sure Harris would turn around and be like, you know, why was I good enough? I'm sure he'd find a problem with that. And that's all assuming the Broncos even want to bring back Chris Harris Jr. They might just be washing their hands and be done with him and going all in on Byron Jones. But to answer the question, I don't see Vaughn restructuring just for the reasons Chad said. I think he's going to play one more year under his current deal, and then they'll make a decision next offseason. George on Facebook wants to know our opinion now that the combine is over. What's the Broncos first pick? I'm telling you, George, it's they're going to try and get Henry Ruggs. Barring Ruggs, you know, if Ruggs ends up being off the board and or they can't maneuver and get him, whatever, it's a fair bet that if it's a CD Lamb, if it's a Jerry Judy, especially Judy probably over Lamb. Well, I'm not sure what the difference in their 40 times was, but LaVisca Chenault, as you talked about yesterday, Zach, with that uh, surgery he's he's going to do, he, he could drop to late day two. Like he yeah. could end up being a, a third-round pick. At worst, I think. That's the farthest he would get. But um, it's wide receiver or it's offensive tackle. I can't remember who it was today, man. There's so much news flying around that it's hard for me to remember who's reporting what or who published what. But there was a mock draft today that had the Broncos taking a linebacker at 15 with rugs still on the board. I'm like, dude, what are no you way. smoking? No are you, do you even know what world you're in? Like, do you even know <laughs> where Denver's located on the map? Yeah, they've been, uh, they've been to Denver quite a few times, Chad, and partaking in what Denver has to offer. They think the Broncos are taking a linebacker at 15. Right now, it's too early to say. Things can still change in the pre-draft process, but it's looking right now like a wide receiver at 15, either Ruggs, I think, or Lamb at that spot. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe, if that's how you pronounce his name, I believe it is, is done in Jacksonville. If you didn't have Bradley Chubb, then yeah, you go see what you can do to get him here. But again, guys, edge, you want depth. But if you were to sign Yannick Ngakwe, who are you sitting down? You sitting down Vaughn? Or are you sitting down Chubb? Someone's got to sit, you know, because you're paying, you'd be paying him top dollar. That dude's going to get paid, Zach. Not to mention the Broncos are going to invest in either Derek Wolf or Shelby Harris. They might even sign DJ Reader as well. There's not enough money to go around. But draft to a disgruntled player and, and Gakwe, who I don't feel he's not JJ Watt in his prime. He's not that great to me. He's a good player, but not anyone you want to break the bank for or, or mortgage the future for. So just for the reason Chad said, you have Bradley Chubb, you have Malik Reed, even you have a couple other Atachi they want to bring back. Von Miller, you don't need another edge rusher when you have him on the roster, and especially giving up a draft pick and a major contract for him. Major no no. Yeah, go spend two, three, four million and bring back Jerry Atachu, who Played like a beast in Fangio's yeah. team, especially down the stretch. I mean, don't overcomplicate it. Don't get out over your skis. Wesley wants to know on YouTube, how much is the tag worth for Simmons? I think the low end is um, just shy of $12 million per year. So if he does end up just getting tagged and they're not able to sign him to a long-term extension, he's going to be on the hook for about $12 million this year. Now, if they do end up getting a long-term extension – you know, how the cap impact is factored over years would remain to be seen. But he's looking at, I know he's looking for around $14 million a year. Yeah, 12 would be a steal for the Broncos. They get him that for 2020. But I believe if they franchise tag him, it'd be a temporary means to an end. And the end would be him signing a long-term contract. So even if he gets tagged in the next couple you know, days or so, he's still going to sign a long-term deal by July 15th. That is my prediction for Simmons. G.I. Jers. Jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, bro. He's with a $5 donation. He says, I know Elway wants a veteran QB for a backup, but the current veteran quarterbacks out there are trash. How about using a third rounder on a Jake Fromm or a Jalen Hurts? Mm -hmm. 
you know, the problem with that is, you know, nothing against Fromm, nothing against Hertz even, but the whole purpose of what Elway's looking for is he wants a mentor and a guy they could count on to start and kind of carry the water if something happened to Locke. And I don't think Fromm is, is ready for that. Jalen Hurts, you know, he's he is a gamer. He is a winner. But I still think he has a long ways to go, Zach, before he's a bona fide NFL quarterback. He yeah. needs a, a year or two in a system, let him get some NFL coaching, yeah. let him continue to, to develop as a thrower. I agree with that. And I'm not a, a fan of Jake Fromm at all. I see career backup in him all the way. And even if, you know, they have Drew Locke, I wouldn't invest a third round pick. Even if there was a prototypical perfect Broncos quarterback in that round, there's bigger fish to fry, bigger needs elsewhere. If they draft a quarterback, which is unlikely, they might just sign a veteran. I wouldn't pull that trigger until the sixth or seventh round at the minimum. You have Drew Locke, you have Brandon Allen, you have Brett Rippon in the system already. Why blow a third round or another quarterback when you have major needs elsewhere? Glenn brings up Eric Trickle's mock today, which it was an interesting read. Trading down twice, getting some stud wide receivers, some good free agent signings. I just put the link in the comment stream. Go check that out, guys, when you get some time. Always fun to read Eric's mock off seasons uh, slash mock drafts. All right, guys, we're running out of time here, so I'm going to kind of blaze through to our listeners who have – Super chats waiting that we haven't gotten to yet. Blake Williams jumps in with a $5 donation. Thank you, Blake. Thank you, Blake. Hey, just wanted to say you guys are great. Love the pod. Keep it up. My question is, what do you guys think of Isaiah Wilson, and would he be a good fit for us? I think he would. And, again, thanks, Blake. Appreciate the love. Um, Isaiah Wilson, for those who don't know, is the other tackle from Georgia. So you got Andrew Thomas. you got Isaiah Wilson. Speaking of Eric Trickle, Isaiah Wilson was, I think, a third-round pick in his mock. So, yeah, I mean, uh, today, that he published today. So I like him. He's got a lot of upside. He needs a little bit of time to to incubate. And what better place to do it than in Denver where a guy like Mike Munchak can kind of nurse him along. Yeah, and they, and they have so many needs on the offensive line, not just starters, but backup types as well, Chad. You know, swing guys, role players. They can double dip at offensive line in the first and third round, second and third round, any combination like that. So he'd be a good pick in the middle rounds if they want to go in that direction and just kind of fortify the O-line for Drew Luck, as they should. Okay, I don't want to miss out on anybody here. Ron, let's grab Ron W., one of our Super Chat superstars, jumps in, $10 donation. Thank he said, what are the odds – of Devontae Bosby coming back. I get not tendering for cost savings, but we need depth at corner. I trust him more than Chris Harris and the reliability of the person we know is Callahan. <laughs> yeah, so here's the thing. I think what got lost in the shuffle, and again, thank you, Ron. You're the man. Yeah. What uh, got lost in the shuffle there of the disappointment, not so much disappointment, but kind of shock because everyone just kind of expected the Broncos to pay uh, Devontae Bosby on an RFA tender, which would have paid him, I think, even the f- right of first refusal of something like $2.1 million. And for a guy that's basically got two starts in the NFL under his belt, that was just too, it's too rich for the Broncos blood. So what they're going to do, and this is what got lost is they're going to approach him with an offer. They, they're interested in bringing him back. It's just going to be contingent on whether or not he gets a better offer out there in the NFL. And I really don't think he will Zach. He might not, but if the Broncos are looking, I don't get the cost saving argument. They're going to get him. They're going to save a million bucks going from two to 1 million. I mean, he's a, he's a quality cornerback right. in this system and $2 million is literal chump change for a team that has $80 million in cap space. I don't get the cost saving argument. The only theory that I have of not tendering Bosby is the Broncos are planning to make splash moves at cornerback Byron Jones and Amukamara, Byron Jones and somebody else. They're going to restock the cupboard there. And I think Elway has a plan. It's the only thing that makes sense to me of not tendering Bosby. I still don't understand it. 
Yeah, and that's exactly what we were saying to you guys last week when the news broke about Bosby is why are you why are you pinching pennies? I mean, you got 80 million. Why are you looking this gift horse in the mouth? Like he's a, he proved to be a quality corner and a fit for Fangio. Like just keep him in Denver and count your blessings and move on to another hole that needs filling instead of creating another hole behind Callahan. Right. Amaro jumps in with a, a one dollar donation on Super Chat. Thank Appreciate you. you, bro. Means a ton to us. Um all right, let's grab Machiavelli jumps back in. Appreciate you, Machiavelli Thank the you. GOAT. And by the way, Machiavelli, have we sent Machiavelli a hat? He's I know we've told you to reach out to us before, Machiavelli, and I don't think you have unless I'm misremembering. But if not, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Reach out, bro. Let's let's let us allow us to uh, give you a little thank you for your support and passion with the show. He says a lot of rumors suggesting that we'll move up in the first round. Thoughts, gentlemen. You know, even as early as yesterday, I would have said, but just some of the things I heard today, it's not going to surprise me if the Broncos make a play depending on where rugs falls. It's all about rugs. Yeah. He's the only guy in this draft. I could see the Broncos moving up for, but not, not in the top five in the top eight, they can move up to maybe 12 or 10 at most, not get had to give up the whole farm, but just maybe a a second or a third and and get their guy. It all depends on who they fall in love with Chad. If they love a guy coming out of the pre-draft process, Elway has shown he's not scared to be aggressive. He has the capital to play with this year. He has the confidence this year as the general manager. I think he would move up, but you know, he also could stay at 15. Let's let the board fall to him as well. Terry jumps in up in Canada, proving, as always, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. Appreciate you, dog. That Thank you, Terry. Yeah. Us, as you know, Terry. Um, Kareem, we talked about Elijah. It sounds like the Broncos love him at right guard. All right, let's see what else we got here. Amaro jumps back in. If you have to share a room in Vegas, it'll be the mile-high cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've done it before, Zach and I have shared a room. And uh, we managed to get by without without cuddling, but that is a nice play on words. It wasn't really a room though; it was like <laughs> it was like yeah. a a little a, a four wall enclosure. Yeah, in uh, downtown Indianapolis <laughs> yeah. for the combine. All right, let's see one or two more guys. Then we got to get out of here for tonight. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anyone on super chat, and I almost did. Let's see, we got James. All right, let's grab James. Jumps in on Super Chat, $5 donation. Thank, Thank you, James. I don't think our defense was too far off, he says. I feel like we need to really build the offense. And that's the idea, James, when you think about, you know, the Broncos have could end up with $80 million in cap space and then 12 draft picks. I think Benjamin Albright's the one that coined the term here, what I'm about to use. The Broncos plan on buying a defense and then building an offense through the draft. So free agency is going to be about mostly plugging holes on the defensive side of the ball and then using the draft to build up the offense set. Yeah, and reassigning their own guys. I think that's priority number one for Denver in free agency is locking down Simmons and maybe locking down Derek Wolf or Chris Harris Jr., then going out of house with defensive players like Byron Jones or DJ Reader and using the draft, like Chad just said, for the offense with their uh, wide receiver or the offensive lineman, another tight end, another running back. They can do it all this offseason, but I think, as we talked about, they're going to split it up between the open market signing period and the draft next month. All right, guys, two more, and then I really do have to go. I have a conference call I got to jump on with someone from our network. Joseph jumps in with a $10 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. Any chance Demarcus Walker takes a leap in his second year in Fangio's scheme? I think there's a really good chance if he can just stop getting in the doghouse. Whatever his demeanor <laughs> is behind closed doors, he has a he's had he's developed a bad habit of 
showing out on the field and then doing something behind closed doors to rub the coaches wrong and then being a healthy scratch for no reason. So if he can kind of show some maturation along with Zach, you know, this this growth we saw last year as a, as a player, sky's a limit for him. But we're talking about a guy whose Twitter handle is Living Legend, Zach. <laughs> It feels like when you just read the question, we've been answering this for like 15 years. When is he going to take the next step? And what about Demarcus Walker? He certainly has a talent, but for whatever reason, he just can't keep it consistently together and can't get on the field. Every time, though, he's on the field for third downs or pass rushing situations, he always seemed to, to be around the football. He always makes a play in some capacity. I still have faith for the guy. I would look for maybe a bigger leap from Draymond Jones, though, in year two over Demarcus Walker. I think he just fits the Broncos system. That's Fangio's guy. Walker was a Vance Joseph guy. It's his last chance here, but I still have cautious optimism that he can produce on some level. Agreed. Pranked Films jumps in with a $5 donation on Super Chat. Thank you. Appreciate you. Would you rather have Bradley Roby come back at a veteran minimum or Byron Jones? And would you rather have CeeDee Lamb or, or Tristan Wirfs? First and foremost, for me, I saw everything I needed to see from Bradley Roby in the orange <laughs> and blue. Give me Byron Jones. And push comes to shove between those two. It's honestly, for CeeDee Lamb and Tristan Wirfs, to me, it's close but I'm going to go with Worfs. I mean, Roby and Byron Jones is like choosing between hamburger helper and prime rib. I mean, one is really good and the best, and one is just a, a substitute when you're just starving and nothing else is available. And in terms of Worfs or Lamb, that's the best tackle, I think, in the draft and the number three wide receiver. So it's not much of a choice between those two. I'm taking the offensive tackle, plug him in a guard, plug him in a tackle. You have your day one starter and, and kind of keep Drew Locke off his back. All right, two more guys. Then we do have to go. Joseph jumps in with a $5 donation. Appreciate you, Joseph. Joseph. Started listening late tonight because of work, but thanks for the content. Broncos country from North Dakota, I think is what you're saying. It's it's a state of being, right, Joseph? And then uh, one of our Super Chat superstars, Steven, jumps in. Sporting the gear like a true OG. Nice. MHH OG would love it, dog. Thank Appreciate you, you. It's good to see you. Hope you've been on the, the pod for uh, – Hope you're not just jumping on because we're just jumping off, dog. So good to see you either way, Steven. You know we love you. Guys, that's got to wrap it up for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. As always, make sure you're following my partner on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen, the account for the show, at Huddle Up Pod, and at Mile High Huddle. Here's what to expect, guys, the rest of this week. Zach and I are off tomorrow night. But you will have a fresh episode live podcast of Building the Broncos. Nick and Carl, I'm sure, have something cooking for you tomorrow night. And then Zach and I will be back in the saddle Wednesday night, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. And until then, Zach, have a great start to your week, my friend. You as well, Chad. I'll see you Wednesday night. And I appreciate everyone tuning in for another great podcast. And special shout out to our Super Chat superstars. Kyle up there in the all-time right now on Super Chat. We love you. Thank Steven. you, Kyle. Stu, all you guys, Ron, everyone. Salute everyone. We're not forgetting anybody. We're not overlooking any, anybody. We love y'all. And uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow night, six or uh, Wednesday night, 615 Mountain, 815 East. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. I'm Sulin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. 
After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.